This is the Fire Hero Learning Network, and I'm Dave Statter with the National Fallen Firefighters Foundation. Our topic today is CRR. Do those initials mean anything to you as a firefighter? CRR is Community Risk Reduction. Three veteran firefighters are joining me today who not only know a thing or two about fighting fires, but will explain why a company officer should care about community risk reduction. Community risk reduction is a key to the saving lives part of the phrase that we're all familiar with, fighting fires and saving lives. With me today are Jim McCann, who's a firefighter EMT with Barron Hill Fire Company in White Marsh Township, Pennsylvania. That's Montgomery County in Pennsylvania. John Sullivan, the Deputy Chief of Operations of the Worcester Fire Department in Worcester, Mass. And Johnny Brewington, he's the retired Battalion Chief of the Cleveland Division of Fire. Gentlemen, thanks for joining me. Chief Brewington, we're going to start with you. Why are you here? Why is this important to you? Well, community risk reduction is important uh, to the Cleveland Fire Department, but to the fire industry as a whole because it helps save the lives of firefighters, it helps save the lives of citizens, and it also helps protect a lot of valuable property by trying to prevent that tragic fire situation or at least minimize the impact if you have that type of situation. Jeff Sullivan. Dave, there's always been a, a, a kind of a chasm between the operation side and the fire prevention side. And uh, one of the things that I learned as a young company officer is that as a fire officer, I can also have an impact in the community by paying more attention to that side of the house than I was doing at the time. And as I've moved up through the ranks and gotten to the position that I'm in now, it's been my, my goal to bridge that gap between the community risk reduction side of the fire service and the operations side. And by doing that, by giving the relevance to the folks on the operations side and seeing what, a, what an impact we can have and what an impact it is for them and their safety by being proactive on that community risk reduction side of the house in the operations division, that we are, we're going to impact lives, not only the citizens, but firefighters as well. Two chiefs come from sizable urban departments. We've got a f firefighter McCann here. You're a firefighter. You're a different level, possibly, we, we should say, and maybe a different perspective. What, what does it mean to you? I come from a, a combination department, being the only career personnel there. What we do is uh, implement this, and uh, we use it as a tool for the firefighters to be able to get out and be in the community. We know that it's worked for us positively by having a fire and going back to the house and having lives saved by, by doing this. So I think other fire departments need to look at this. We need to be proactive rather than reactive. I'd much rather get up at 1 o'clock in the morning or 11 and put a small fire out and be home in bed again than wait until 5 o'clock in the morning when there's fatalities. Pretend I'm a new young company officer, say it's in a pretty busy fire company in an urban area. We run a lot of EMS calls probably, run a fair amount of fire calls. Give it your best shot and explain to me why I should care about community risk reduction when I have so many other things to care about. Where do I have time for this? How does it fit in for me and for the well-being of my crew? Chief Sullivan? One of the things that we implemented uh, about two years ago now and are just seeing the impacts is neighborhood sweeps after a fire occurrence creating a, a synergy between the fire investigative unit, the public education unit, and the operations side. 
Uh, once the fire investigation unit has thoroughly investigated that fire and comes up with a cause and determination, then my public education unit has the ability to put together information for the neighborhood about what happened in their neighbor's house. Then we get the company officers in that district to go out with our public educators and do a sweep of about a two-block area. We're the fire department from down the street. You know your neighbor had a fire in their house the other day. We've determined that it was from cooking. Here's some information on cooking fires and how you can prevent them in your home. And by the way, do you have a smoke detector? And if so, why don't you let us check it out and make sure it's within the date compliance for smoke detectors and that it's properly working and properly installed. And if it's not, we'll give you a smoke detector. I said, and then play that out, Phyllis, three months later. You didn't do that. And Mrs. Jones across the street has that fire again. And this time, it gets away because she's got a hearing problem and she can't hear that smoke detector that's not working, even if it did work. And that ends up in a fatality where we have a firefighter injured because now we have this fire that has progressed well beyond the incipient stage because the call didn't come into 911 and we got a firefighter injured or killed trying to save Mrs. Jones, which we could have prevented three months earlier by one hour of your time going out and knocking on the door. And so the relevance of community risk reduction at the company officer level is something that you can teach them and, and give them and make it hit home. And for me, that's the most important thing as a deputy chief of operations is to say, okay guys, this is why it's important. It's all well and good to say it's important because it's good for the community, but you really got to drive it home as to how it's going to come back and affect them in the long run. Jim, you buy what he's saying? Absolutely. How does it relate into your, part, your department? We, we have a, a smaller department but we've been doing it for years. When I first started there, we didn't have any smoke detectors to give out. And I said to the fire marshal, we have older people coming looking for smoke detectors. And it's not their fault that they don't have one. They may not know where to get one. They certainly don't know how to put them up. We go into houses and they're installed improperly. And you certainly don't want older people up on a ladder. They're going to fall and get hurt. So we target the older community when we send out our fund drive. We put a, a, a list in there. Do you need help changing a battery, or do you need a, a smoke detector, or is your smoke detector older than 10 years old? And for instance, one of the ones I remember specifically is we went to a gentleman's house and I, I saw his license plate on his car and it said, Pearl Harbor Survivor. And I thought, wow, you know, he had his World War II cap on. And I thought, what a terrible thing if this gentleman was able to survive Pearl Harbor and die in a fire in his community because he didn't have a working smoke detector. Wow, that's a good story. Do your fellow firefighters buy this? Oh, absolutely. We make it fun because they go out and they get to do driver training. And if I don't have a guy that's driver training, I take a younger guy and I put him in the front seat and say, you're the officer, we're going to 123 Elm Street. How do we get there? And they got to get the map book out. Where's my closest hydrant? Where's my second closest hydrant? So we work it that way. So you're integrating it into what other drilling and training that you need to do. Yes. That's, that's pretty smart. You know, you've heard what these guys had to say. Give me your experience in Cleveland and how you relate to a firefighter who might be reluctant. I start off by saying fire is everyone's fight. There's an impact for everyone involved, for the company officer, for the firefighter, for the uh, population, uh, civilian-based. So I try to personalize it both on the economic situation as well as think of this as one of your family members and how would you want this to be in the community where you live when you want that risk to be reduced? Does it work? Uh, yes, it does work. Still people though, I'm sure there are a few reluctant ones. Initially, firefighters are individuals that once you get them into the activity, they embrace it. 
but you have to get them into the activity. Naturally, when you bring something that's new, people say, well, we're already doing something like that. Or we tried that and it didn't work. But there's one thing about a firefighter, and I don't care what community they come from, once you get them involved in something, they take it over and they'll own it. I always said firefighters are can-do kind of people. They, they make it happen, very much so. You mentioned something, Chief Sullivan, which kind of relates to a program we're doing at the National Fallen Firefighters Foundation, Be a Hero, Save a Hero, which as I recall is related to a Life Safety Initiative 14 of the 16 Life Safety Initiatives. And essentially, if people are fire safe at home, they help save the life of a firefighter or keep a firefighter from being injured. With smoke alarms, with automatic sprinklers, KIDA is now funding our Be a Hero, Save a Hero program. That concept is important to you, apparently. Having suffered through line of duty deaths in my career, uh, I don't want to see that happen to anybody again in any community anywhere. And if we can, if we can utilize our time uh, that we are not on the emergency call by educating and helping the citizen to make their home safe, we have that double-edged sword. We have that double ability to make not only the citizens that we're sworn to protect safe in their homes, but ultimately that transitions out to us being safer because that fire never occurs or it stays small and we get the call earlier because of a working smoke detector. It all has relevance to us back in the station and, and that is to make sure that everybody goes home. Once we gave them the whiff of what's in it for me and let them get out there and see and get the smile back from an elderly woman who maybe hasn't had anybody knock on her door for you know months on end. And then there's two big, handsome, strapping firefighters standing there waiting to help her out because a neighbor had a problem. And all of a sudden, we have given ourselves to that level to the community to say, we're not only going to help the citizen that had the fire, but we're going to spread it out over the community and make sure that they're safe and ultimately we're safe. So you talked about personalization, which seems to be a real key to, to reaching the company officers, the firefighters, in the way you, you talked about at Chief Brewington in both the tax base in the way you did, or saving somebody who is very similar to their own relative. And you talk about it, Chief Sullivan, in, in, the, in the area of saving a firefighter's life or preventing an injury. Very, very important stuff. But the other thing that may not be understood by the average company officer or the average firefighter are the various things that make up community risk reduction. What we've done in, in relation to the fire officer is education. Um, these guys, as I said before, want to help. They want to be part of the solution. They want to be part of the community. Oftentimes what we heard when we first did our risk assessment of the, the community and how we could, in the operations side, be part of that was, I don't know how to do what you're asking me to do. So we were doing, you know, we were doing the schools and, and at the fire stations and doing the stop, drop, and roll and, and the traditional things, the visits to the elementary schools. But there was no curriculum to it. There was, there was nothing that said this is what we need to do in order to be consistent and get that consistent message out. And once we uh, implemented into our officer's school that the public education division is going to come in on every officer's school and give you a piece to be able to make you more relevant when you go out there and make that consistent message so that you're not struggling with what it is you're, we're trying to give to the community, that it's a clear, consistent message every single time and then translate that through every one of the programs that we had, that made it a lot easier for us to get that buy-in from that company officer and get those programs out. And once they get there, they want to do it now. Now it becomes a fabric of the everyday purpose of why the operations division comes to the table. It's part of the, part of the community, and they really want to have that interaction. In a sense, and tell me if I'm wrong here, 
isn't the pre-planning that firefighters do a part of community risk reduction? Isn't that an important element to get out in the community to see what the, the hazards are and how, how to mitigate it? An example we, we talked about as we were planning this get-together was recently in Buffalo, where firefighters had been out in the community, they were looking at a building, and they realized it had some issues. They showed up, they got heavy fire conditions, and the, immediately the company officer says, we're going defensive. And why did he say that? It was based on being out in the community and seeing this building, and he had done a pre-plan on it. In a sense, can you integrate that into a community risk reduction? When you do a pre-fire plan, you are creating an atmosphere, whereas you're creating a knowledge base within that company that they didn't have previously and that can only serve to make better decisions on the fire ground. And as pre-fire plans, pre-fire plans are the, the key to good decision making by the fire officers. There's nothing that can supplant a pre-fire plan in the, in the area of decision making. And every good safe act that happens on the fire ground happens because of either experience, training, or pre-planning, one of those three things. But you are the fire department. You've taken on more roles in recent years in the fire service. Is that important in these economic times? Yes, and it's also important to have partnerships to help you carry out those additional roles. For example, if the motivation of a firefighter, you mentioned before the tax base, but there's also this idea that you might be expendable. You're in operations, well, you think that would be the last place they cut, but they are cutting operations. Yes, they are cutting operations, and on the administrative side, it's already been cut so lean. So by showing from the operational side, your capabilities are expanding. At, at when I first came in this career, primarily it was putting the wet stuff on the red stuff, becoming a medical provider. Well, we have to see our role constantly changing and increasing, not minimizing those other important factors of being able to mitigate a fire and go to a medical emergency, but our box will continue to expand and we just got to understand how to capture and benefit from that expansion. In some ways, Chief Sullivan, we go from saving a firefighter's life to saving a firefighter's job by being able to do more roles. Well, it's pretty simple. You know, all politics is local. Tip O'Neill said it. It still holds true today. If you want to get support from your municipal leaders, you have to show them that you are impacting the community. Everybody knows that the fire department is a red number in the budget. We don't bring in as much money as we spend. It's just a pure, simple fact. So we've got to make up that difference in the community impact. And we have, in the past, you know, been able to rest on our laurels of what we did on the suppression side, and everybody loved it. And everybody said, oh, we, you know, the fire department is wonderful. Those days are, are dwindling, you know. The police had it 25, 30 years ago with community policing and community impact programs and they saw the handwriting on the wall and said, we're gonna get out on the footbeat again. We're gonna get into the neighborhoods and we're gonna impact them at the neighborhoods. I try to sell this to the firefighters at that level in the exact same manner to say, you wanna save jobs? You need to show that you are, you, John Q. Public is gonna see you not when they just call 911, but at other times as well. That's gonna to translate to public support, which is gonna to translate to votes, which is gonna to translate to calls to your municipal leaders, which is gonna to translate to your budget being stabilized at least to a certain degree. We all have economic times that are causing us uh, you know, a, a lot of problems. And the federal government has been doing a, a great job supporting the fire service over the last 10 to 15 years. 
since 9-11, since the Worcester tragedy with the Fire Act grants and Safer grants and all kinds of things. But those things are starting to dry up as well. And we've got to be more creative as to how we impact our, our station within the community and community risk reduction, getting out into the streets equals votes. Votes equals money, money to the fire department. You have community policing, this is community firefighting. Absolutely. In brief, some thoughts as we wrap this up. Uh, a brief message for the company officer, again, why this is important. Chief Rowington? What I would say to any company officer in any fire department, it's a new critical component in the toolbox for us to expand the impact that we can have in the communities we serve. Chief Sullivan. The fire ground priorities don't change even before the fire occurs. It's life safety, incident stabilization, property conservation. We have an obligation as a fire department, not as operations versus fire prevention. We have an obligation as a fire department to do everything that we can to make sure that that happens. By opening up and connecting that bridge between operations and fire prevention, we expand our ability to do those three fire ground priorities exponentially. And, and that's where it lies, saving lives, is what we get paid to do, and by doing that proactively as opposed to reactively, we're still saving lives. We just need to market ourselves better. We gotta be better at public relations than we are. We have too much humility and not enough pride sometimes to say, we saved a life by putting a smoke detector up. Firefighter McCann, any message for firefighters out there? It's, it's part of your job. Uh, protect property and save lives, and it's the safer way to do it. Very good. Gentlemen, thank you. We've been talking with John Sullivan, who's the Deputy Chief of Operations for the Worcester Fire Department, Worcester, Mass. Jim McCann, who's the House Engineer, Firefighter EMT, Barron Hill Fire Company in White Marsh Township, Pennsylvania, in Montgomery County. And Johnny Brewington, who's a retired battalion chief from the Cleveland Division of Fire. We've been talking about community risk reduction. And this is just part one. In part two, we're going to talk with these same gentlemen and how you implement a program, more specifics of a, about a program. We're going to talk about funding, we're going to talk about the news media end of it, and social media, all these things that come into play with community risk reduction. I'm Dave Statter, and you've been listening to the Fire Hero Learning Network.